Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, as an insurance professional, I will be the first to admit that there is a lot of unnecessary insurance that is marketed and sold in this country. In fact, just last week, I was at the uh, car dealership. I was picking up a vehicle that we ordered last fall. And I got pitched twice for additional insurance coverage, once by the sales associate and then once by the finance manager. And it was for things like fabric protection, roadside assistance, lost or broken key fabs uh, or key fobs. Um, What was the other one? Wheel and tire protection, paint chip and window protection. I mean, the list just went on and on. It ended up being about, I think it was like seventy-five or $7,900 if you bought all these packages to protect the vehicle. And that's like, well, how do you want to protect your vehicle? And I was like, I'm just going to go with the, the factory warranty. That's fine with me. And I found it laughable, to be honest. I mean, I really did. And I will just tell you a little background. I worked at a car dealership when I was in college for two years. It was a summer job for me up in Fairbanks, Alaska. And I worked at a uh, Subaru dealership, and they sold the Suzu pickups and the old Suzu Troopers, if you remember those old kind of boxy four-wheel drive first kind of sport utility vehicles. And so we had some things back then, like we had, you could get extended warranties and you could get, you know, maybe a a, a rust protection, I think, but you know, it was nothing like what they're offering today that that you can insure. I mean, the the agents telling me or the, or the, or the, the, the sales associates sitting there telling me, you know, modern key fobs are difficult and expensive to replace. And if you lose one, it could cost up to $150 or more to replace that. So we have this uh, protection package that will replace your key fobs for up to four years, and it's $599. And I'm sitting there looking at that, and I'm doing my third grade math in my head. I'm like, so basically I got to damage or lose a a key fob every nine months. And then I'm thinking, okay, in the last 40 years, how many key fobs have I broken or lost? I'm like, that would be zero. So again, I passed on that one. The next one we came up on, roadside protection. It'll keep you from getting stranded if your car breaks down or you run out of gas or get a flat tire, blah, 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 blah. Well, again, let's do the math on this. You can get an AA membership for, I think, what, 10 bucks or something, whatever that costs. Most of the insurance policies out there give you an option for roadside assistance, and I have that on all my cars, protect everybody that drives. So, again, at a fraction of the cost. And so does it make sense to get these insurances? Maybe, you know, maybe not. I mean, I I had a hard time justifying any of them. But if you're somebody that loses their keys every month or you break a key fob every month or every two months, maybe that 599 key fob replacement package is a good deal for you. I don't know. But I mean, for my situation, it just didn't make sense. And in all honesty, we see, you know, these tactics, these high-pressure tactics. I will just tell you that that's what I don't like about this more than anything. When you're at the dealership, there's like this kind of scare tactic and they're trying to really get you worried about like, oh, if you you damage a rim, it could cost you a lot of money or the new windshields have this or that and it costs all this money and they're trying to scare people into buying insurance. And we see that the same tactics are being used in other insurances like travel insurance and trip interruption insurance and supplemental insurance at work. You know, you see all the Aflac commercials, the ducks and stuff, disability, life, And yes, even long-term care insurance. We see people using the statistics and the scare tactics to sell their insurance products. And I think the industry as a whole, um, you know, is still using these scare tactics and statistics. And they're trying to pitch long-term care insurance to the wrong group of people. They're really marketing it to the wrong people. They're aiming most of their efforts at the middle class for the, or what they call those who need it. And as I said a couple months ago on, on the show, I don't believe anybody needs long-term care. You may want it, and you probably will want it when you understand what it does and how it can protect you and your family, but need is not really the correct way to describe it. The general assumption by many people, and including professionals, financial advisors, attorneys, CPAs, is that long-term care planning is not necessary if you have enough money, meaning it is simply a money issue. 
And if you have that magical amount of money, and I'm still not sure what that is. I mean, I've seen people anywhere from, you know, $700,000 to $2 million or $3 million. You don't need to worry about it. My point is it's pointless, you know, that, that we don't know what that is. And if you've been listening to my program, you, you know, you understand that it's not just a money issue. Long-term care planning is so much more, but I know there's a lot of people that still look at long-term care planning through the same lens that we're talking about as is it just being a money issue. And in fact, this last week, I got a question from a listener named Richard. And this is what Richard asked me. He sent this in on an email and Richard said, is there a point financially where long-term care insurance doesn't make sense and you should just self-insure? And the short answer is, yes, there is a point that long-term care insurance does not make sense. But you might be surprised at the answer, Richard. It's, it's not from having an abundance of money. In fact, it's just the opposite. The biggest reason why long-term care insurance does not make sense or it's not suitable for somebody is from a lack of money or from a lack of assets, not too much money. And let me explain what I mean here. The, the overwhelming argument for all these years has been that long-term care insurance is a need-based insurance for those who could run out of their savings. In fact, over the last 40-plus years, it's been marketed and promoted as an insurance for the middle class or those who don't have enough money to comfortably self-insure but have too much assets to end up qualifying for Medicaid. So they would you know, burn through all of their assets. And so that's really what it's been, been marketed towards. And again, Medicaid is that government safety net program that we have out there. It's a welfare program. Now, if we look at this from a numbers point of view, roughly about 30% of Americans have too little savings and income to make private long-term care insurance feasible or suitable. And that number's changing a little bit. I, I would honestly, in, in my personal opinion, I would say it's, it's probably closer to 35%, maybe going you know, to work its way up to 40 But statistically right now, about 30% of the people just to have too little in savings to make long-term care insurance feasible. The premiums would be just too much of their monthly income. And they don't really have any assets to protect, so to speak. Most people, a lot of these people in this group, if they own anything, it might be a house. And that's really about their only asset. So this puts a lot of people, especially single people, in a very difficult situation. Because if they do own a home and they end up on Medicaid, they end up in that long-term care situation, well, the government technically is going to come back in and put a lien on their house and try to recapture any money that they pay out on them. So even that asset, if they do own a house, there's a good chance that they're going to lose or their family's going to lose some of the value in that house. So this group of people, we're going to call them the lower middle class and the poor. And um, it's a large group. I mean, really, it, it, these people are taking their chances and basically are at the mercy and the whims of the government's welfare program called Medicaid. Now, private long-term care insurance just honestly is not suitable for them. And again, if you're living check-to-check, month-to-month off Social Security, you can't afford to take another you know, chunk of money out, 100 or $200, to pay for premiums for most of these people. So that's why it just isn't suitable for them. Now, if we go past that, that, that lower middle class and the poor, now we're going to go into what we call the middle class. And this is about half of Americans, roughly about 50% of the population are stereotyped as middle class. And again, this is where most of the focus has been put on long-term care planning. These are the people who can and should consider protecting their assets and income if they want to avoid having to spend down their assets before they end up you know, on Medicaid, because that's really what, what they're at risk at is that, yes, they have a nice little nest egg. They'll probably be fine unless they end up in a long-term care situation, then boom, they could wipe out all their savings and in, in, in investments and what little nest egg they have and end up having to deplete their, their net worth down so that they can qualify for Medicaid. So that's about half of Americans. And then this leaves about another 20% who are considered upper middle class or wealthy. This is the group who has been ignored, more or less told they don't need to worry about long-term care planning because they have enough money to self-insure. Now, this is what Richard is really asking about. The meat of his question is, how much money do you need to self-insure? And I don't believe there's an answer to this question because I'm a firm believer that long-term care planning is so much more than just having enough money. Yes, traditionally, the upper middle class to the wealthy have been told that they don't need to worry about long-term care planning. Yet this same group of people have lots of insurance. They own property insurance. They own auto insurance. They own health insurance. They're the largest holder of life insurance, of permanent life insurance of disability insurance. 
And believe it or not, many of the wealthy people now have started taking out long-term care insurance plans, especially since the Pension Protection Act went through. And it improved these what we call asset-based plans or the plans that pay you back if you never use them. It gave us certain tax advantages. And again, we have a new way to fund these long-term care plans using different types of assets on these asset-based plans, which give us you know, some distinct advantages. It gives us all the advantages of a regular long-term care insurance plan, including dedicated source of tax-free income to pay for care, tax savings, guaranteed leverage, claim support. We get all of those things like you do with a regular traditional long-term care plan. But the big key difference is they will pay you back if you never make use of them. So this is why asset-based plans now account for about 80% of all the new money going into long-term care plans today, but it doesn't make them right for everyone. In fact, it's important to pick a plan, whether it's a traditional plan that you pay as you go or an asset-based plan that is suitable or quote-unquote right for your situation. And a lot of that decision is going to be based on where you are financially. Middle class to the wealthy, lower middle class, upper middle class, wealthy, where are you at in that financial picture? So we're going to talk about that today, but first I need to take a quick break. Um, So stick around. We're going to jump right into this when we get back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson. Welcome back, my friends, Brian and Madeline from 525 Advisors. They took a break last year due to that debacle created by the Washington State CARES Act, you know, the payroll tax on employees for forced long-term care that was basically worthless. The law was so poorly written and created such a mess, most insurance carriers temporarily quit offering plans in the state. But 525 Advisors is back, ready to help protect your family and savings with the best long-term care plans available. They did for my wife and me, and we couldn't be happier. I know everything we worked hard for won't be whittled down paying for long-term care. And most importantly, our girls are protected from the burden of having to care for us. And a great bonus, our plan pays us back if we never use it. So learn about all kinds of important long-term care information and join Brian this Saturday at 10 for Long-Term Care Radio here on 97.3 Cairo FM. Check out his upcoming live webinar schedule, too, at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. Hey, and welcome back. And you just heard a couple of ads there. We have some classes on the calendar. Our next class is actually next Saturday. That's going to be Saturday the 14th. Um, that's going to be an 8 a.m. kickoff on the West Coast, a 9 a.m. kickoff if you're mountain time. And then we have one the following Tuesday, which is the 17th, and that's going to be a 3 p.m., 3 in the afternoon kickoff on Pacific Time and a 4 p.m. kickoff on Mountain Time. So look for those on our account or at our website at 525longtermcare.com. So if you just joined us last week, we got a question from Richard just wanting to know, you know, at, at what point does long-term care insurance not make sense from a financial situation? Or how much do you really need to self-insure is what he's asking because he was talking about it from the higher end. And just a quick recap, it's really the lower middle class or the poor people that just don't have a suitable option for private long-term care insurance. It just doesn't make sense for them. Most of these people don't have meaningful assets, so they're going to end up going straight to Medicaid. And in order to try to set up a private long-term care insurance plan, it would just be too big of a percentage of their income. 
So about the only way these people, the poor people, get these traditional plans where it makes sense is a lot of times kids will pitch in and buy it for their parents or a family member will buy it for them because they just really can't afford to spend that money, you know, and give up that money that they're going to, you know, need for food and their their utilities and everything that they're going to use regardless. So that's that's kind of where we're at. So for the the middle class to the wealthy, and I would really say, you know, middle class, upper middle class, wealthy, whatever you want to call it, long-term care insurance plans can make a lot of sense because of the tax advantages and the guarantees that come with a plan. However, not all plans are created equal, and selecting the right plan for your situation is key. So let's let's look at some of the options and, and kind of figure out what we want to consider when we're trying to put one of these plans in place. Let's start off with the traditional pay-as-you-go plans. These are the plans that have really been around since the 1970s, I mean, over 40 years now. And traditional pay-as-you-go plans can be designed in a wide range of coverages, from you know just a couple years of coverage all the way up to a lifetime of benefits. You can choose monthly benefits from you know, $1,500 a month or $50 a day all the way up to $10,000 a month or you know, $300-plus a day of coverage. Uh, the idea of a traditional plan is to mitigate the high cost of an extended health care event by having a dedicated source of funds to help offset the cost when you end up on claim, when you end up in that extended health care situation. They're designed to guarantee a tax-free benefit in a time of need so that you can protect your other assets. And as a general rule, they are pure risk insurance like our car or home, meaning that they don't pay you back if you don't use them. Traditional plans make sense for a lot of people in a lot of situations. People with really good income who can save, so that means they've got a little bit of surplus money coming in every month. They can afford to set up a traditional plan. People with fixed assets that generate regular income, so maybe they have rental properties, and again, they have that excess income, and they can use some of that income to set up a traditional plan. That makes a lot of sense. Business owners, I like to always look at the traditional plans for business owners, especially C corporations, because of the tax deductibility. And people who are really comfortable with their investment in keeping their money working for them and are willing to just buy a pure risk insurance plan. You know, but overall, traditional plans will often make the most sense for those who are in that, you know, middle class to so-called lower middle class or individuals who are not in a position to really self-insure comfortably. That's where we're going to find the highest and best use for traditional plans. Traditional plans offer a waiver of premium, which simply means that when you set your plan up, you're going to pay that annual premium until you go on claim, and then that payment's going to stop. Um, Part of the problem with traditional plans is they generally have a little bit stricter underwriting because, again, that waiver of premium. So they're going to look and make sure that, you know, your health is good and that you're not going to, you know, take out this policy today and be on claim tomorrow. So that's generally why they're looking at the underwriting a little bit differently. Some of the cons with these traditional pay-as-you-go plans is that there's no death benefit, there's no cash back. And I say that again with a grain of salt. You can buy riders where you can get some of your money back. But as a general rule, we don't do that on traditional plans. It just pushes up the price too much. Um, rates can increase on traditional plans. They're not guaranteed level. They're stricter underwriting, as I just mentioned. And there's just, you know, you don't know how much money you're going to put into a traditional plan. I mean, that's the problem, right? It's Murphy's Law. Um, you you take that plan out today and, and you're 60 years old and next thing you know, you're on CBS Morning News blowing out candles on your 100th birthday. So you're, you, you just keep paying on these plans until you go on claim. So that's one of the downsides. You just don't know how much money you're going to actually have to put into that plan. Now, let's look at asset-based plans. These are the plans that pay you back if you never use them. And as a general rule, and again, I'm just general, but as a general rule, asset-based plans will make the most sense for the upper middle class to the wealthy individual. Those are people who can probably self-insure, and they have meaningful assets that they can use to fund a plan. That's where these plans stand out you know, the, the, the most. Now, again, when I say general, I, I say that because you don't have to be wealthy to take advantage of an asset-based plan. If you have really good, sufficient, steady income, and you can take some of that money out every year to make payments, well, you can set up a pay-as-you-go type of asset-based plan as well, too. So that can work well in that situation. Asset-based plans have multiple funding options, which include you know, single pay, just walk in, one and done. Uh, 1035 exchanges, that's where we take value in an existing annuity or, or cash value in life insurance, and we can just exchange that, move that policy over into a long-term care plan. We have limited pay options, which means you can 
pay for five years or 10 years or 20 years and then have a fully paid up plan so you're not faced with those ongoing payments. And we even have ongoing plan or payment plans that look like a traditional plan, which means you pay until, you know, basically the carriers, one carrier says age 95, the other one says 100. But that just means that you're going to pay ongoing until you go on claim and it has a waiver premium. The difference is the payments are just, you know, guaranteed level. They'll never increase. So lots of options on funding where traditional, we're generally just paying as we go. But asset base, we can do lump sum. We can do spread it out over time. We can do a combination where we do a small deposit. So we have a lot more flexibility on how we're going to fund these plans. Now, policy coverage can range, again, from a couple of years like traditional all the way up to lifetime benefits. But on asset-based plans, we're going to see a little bit bigger spread out on the monthly benefits, anywhere from, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month up to $20,000 or more in some cases of benefit. So you can build some more robust, bigger plans. And what is making these plans so popular is due to one important difference over the traditional pay-as-you-go plans. Asset-based plans pay you back if you don't make use of them. So that's just what makes these plans so great. And see, Richard's question, you know, when does it make sense financially to just self-insure is based on one very sticky point. People don't want to pay for something that they don't think they're going to use. That's why they're asking that question. Because what Richard's really sitting there saying is like, I've got X amount of money, so why would I pay a premium for something I may not use? And so I get where that question comes from. People just don't want to do that. And let's be very real for a minute here. Traditional long-term care insurance payments are like paying for a boat without the boat. I mean, I had one. I had a traditional plan when I was in my 40s, and I'd stroke in that check every year when it came due, and I'm like, gosh, I feel like I'm writing this, you know, paying for a vacation or a boat or something that I don't have. So I kind of get that vibe. I get the feeling. But that's how insurance works, right? As a general rule, that's what we do. We don't want our house to burn down, but we write that check so that if it does burn down, that we're covered. The difference with long-term care insurance is we just know the odds are stacked against us. We probably are going to use some part of it down the road. It's just the statistically feasible 70% of us are going to end up in long-term care at some point in our life after age 65. So the reason why asset-based plans are becoming so popular is because, especially for that upper middle class and the wealthy, is because they simply you know, offer a better way to self-insure, which is what you are doing if you think about it. If you don't have long-term care insurance, you are basically self-insuring. So the self, you know, the, that's why the, the mantra comes from, if you have enough money, don't worry about it because you're just going to pay for the costs out of your pocket. But with an asset-based plan, you get benefits of insurance. You get the guarantees, meaning that you know what that benefit's going to be regardless of what the market's doing. You get the tax savings. That money comes back to you and your estate tax-free. You're not selling off assets and converting them to income and having to pay capital gains tax or income tax. You get that guaranteed leverage, meaning that that dollar turns into $3 overnight. Or like my policy is an unlimited lifetime benefit. So I could... You know, depending how long I'm on claim, I get a ton of leverage on on what I put in compared to what I can take out, and that's all guaranteed. You get the claim support. So you get, again, you get the people there that are going to help you rebuild the house when it burns down. Long-term care insurance does the same thing. It's going to give you that claim support, case managers, care coordination, people that know how to navigate that system and help you and your family in a time of need. And it gives you that peace of mind. I mean, that's why we all have insurance. Most people, you know, if you can self-insure long-term care, and your house is paid for, odds are you can self-insure your home, meaning that you know if, the, if it catches on fire, you can pay to get a fix. Except, but people don't do that because it gives you a tremendous peace of mind knowing that if the whole house burns down, you're covered. It's the same thing with long-term care insurance. And quite frankly, I would insure everything in my life with these asset-based plans. If you think about it, the way we do it, the way you can pay into those plans and get your money back whether you use them or not, but you have all the benefits, the leverage, the guarantees, the tax savings, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, think of your homeowner's insurance. Your house doesn't burn down. You pay in for 30, 40 years, and they give you, I mean, I'd be happy for half my money back, 25% of my money back. I wouldn't care. So, you know, those days of, of, of having to pay for something that you're not going to use are over. That's why these asset-based plans are so popular for the wealthy people. And this week on our client of the week, I'm going to introduce you to twin sisters. I've got a special client of the week. I'm going to introduce you to Darla and Kay. These are two sisters that came to me, and I helped them each put a plan in place. One went with a traditional plan. One went with an asset-based plan. I'm going to explain why and how we design these plans for them, but I've got to take a quick break, so stick around. We'll be right back after the news. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. 
Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. Hey, and welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. Um, It's bottom of the hour, always after the news. Well, some stations we have the news. If you're listening on the radio, on the podcast, you miss that news, so you're probably wondering what I'm saying, but that's why I say it is because we're on several stations in the West Coast and uh, through, you know, the Colorado area. So we always take a break for the, at the bottom of the hour for the news. And then I come back with our client of the week. And the client of the week is just really how we design plans. And this week we were talking about, you know, the difference between traditional and asset-based plans. And really the point is that a traditional plan as a general rule is going to work better. It's going to be more suitable for people that are in that kind of middle class to lower middle class. And the asset-based plans as a general rule, not an absolute, but as a general rule, generally work better for people that have been ignored, that have told they don't need to worry about long-term care insurance, those people that are in the you know, upper middle class to wealthy. And so I had you know, the client of the week is where we show you how we design plans. And I actually had an experience where I was working with two sisters, uh, Darla and Kay. They were twins, actually, and uh, both are 60 years old. And they came to me to put a plan in place. And so, you know, the way twin sisters are, they, they talk together and they work together. And I ended up working with both of them to design a plan. And both of them were watching their mother, who is living in an assisted living facility right now. They, she's been there for three years and her mother's doing really well. And they think she's going to be there for a little bit while longer. And the reason why she's in this really nice assisted living facility is because she has a long-term care insurance plan. So Darlin Kay said, you know, that makes sense. We see what that does now and how it works and how that frees their mother up to make decisions on care. So, you know, basically due to their financial situation, we decided we're going to design some plans, but we ended up designing two different plans because they were in two different financial situations. So let's start with Darla. So again, Darla's age 60. She's single. She has one adult son who lives across the country from her. No grandchildren at this time. She is still working and plans on retiring in the next couple of years. Two to three years is what she was thinking. What her biggest concerns are being a burden on her son. She's got one child, and and he's you know in the middle of his working career. He's not married yet, does not have kids, and so she's like, I I just don't want to be a burden on him down the road, you know, if he is married with kids, and I I don't want him to have to deal with that or then try to figure out what to do with me. So that was one of her big concerns. She was also worried about not having enough resources to get the care she wants. Um, you know, burning through her assets and ended up on Medicaid. And again, they're watching their mother and they're seeing the cost and they're like, gosh, this long-term care insurance that mom has is really a pretty slick thing. And so that's kind of what brought Darla in. Now, what we found out about Darla during our, our interview was that, you know, she's in good health, um, didn't really have any issues. She had she had a heart scare, um, an aortic aneurysm a few years ago, but everything's been stable now. And so that's, she's fine. So we, we were able to get her approved on that. So we had some options there. Uh, she owns her home free and clear. She has a small retirement account, not a big one, but a small one. She will have pension in social security when she retires. So it's going to be pretty close to her income today. Not as, not quite as much as her income and everything, but it's going to be close. And so she knows based on a budget that just on her social security and her pension that she is going to be able to live comfortably and she's actually going to be able to, you know, probably squirrel a little bit of money away. She'll have a little bit of extra money right now based on where she's at and her finances. She has no outstanding debt and her son is, is independent and doing well. So she's not really worried about that. So financially she's going to be okay, but she's going to be one of those people that's going to have steady income, not necessarily a big chunk of assets, but she has good income. What she wanted from her long-term care plan was to be able to receive care from home or a facility. She wanted a plan that would work if she moves to another state. She's not real sure where she's going to retire. She thinks, you know, maybe she, she might move. She wanted the assurance that the plan would allow her to protect her assets and, again, avoid ending up on Medicaid. She has seen some people. Some She has a co-worker whose mom is on Medicaid, and she's looking at her mom who is in a nice assisted living facility because she has long-term care insurance, and she's looking at her co-worker's mom. And she said, I want to avoid that at all costs. So here's what we suggested for Darla. 
Darla was not in a position to really set up an asset-based plan. If we would have taken out enough assets to give her meaningful protection out of a retirement account, it would have it would have been a huge dent to her retirement account. We just didn't want to do that. It would have, you know, cramped her lifestyle, so to speak. Because right now she's got a pretty good idea on her budget and her retirement account. Hopefully, it'll continue to grow. That will give her the flexibility to take vacations and do maintenance on the house and replace cars and things like that down the road, but she should be able to live off her income. So we didn't want to take away a big chunk of her retirement account. Um, the, the, again, the pension and the, the Social Security, when we're looking at that, those are guaranteed sources of income, so that's always important to us. And so that was something that she was going to have. And based on kind of where she was at, we you know financially, we looked at traditional plans, the plans that you're just going to kind of pay as you go. So she doesn't have to come up with a lump sum of money. And because she has that guaranteed income stream, she wasn't, you know, subject to market performance. We didn't have to worry about what happens if the stock market goes down 30%. How will that affect her income? Because, again, it's going to be based on pension and Social Security. So what did we do for her? We gave her an initial benefit. So, again, think of long-term care insurance as a bucket of money. So in her bucket of money, her initial total benefit is $365,000. She can take out $6,000 a month. So remember, there's always two key parts. You have a bucket of money, how much money is in your bucket? Number two, how fast can you access that bucket? That's that monthly benefit. So she can take out today, day one, $6,000 a month. She has 365 in it. So she's got just over five years minimum coverage, meaning that if she's pulling out 6000 a month every month just consistently, the policy would last her a minimum of five years. We put a 3% inflation rider on it, so that grows the bucket of money. And it grows her monthly benefit by 3% every year. So we go out 20 years, she has $659,000 in her bucket that she can pull out $10,837 a month. Take her out 30 years when she's 90, she'll have $885,000 guaranteed in that bucket. And she can take out $14,565 a month. Okay, so that's her policy and her annual premium will be $7,812. So she's going to write a check for $7,800 a year, once a year, until she goes on claim, and then the waiver premium will kick in. So she was comfortable doing that because, again, with her pension and Social Security and her budget, she said, I can do that without really having to tap my savings, or if I do need to get a little bit out of my savings, I can do that. I can afford that, but I don't have to take a big chunk out of my savings. So she was very comfortable being able to do that. The plan features that she has, number one, what's kind of cool about this traditional plan is it does have a cash benefit option uh, with a zero-day waiting period. So that means that if something happens to her, you know, and a good example of this, excuse me, would be, you know, let's say that she fell down and, and, and broke her hip and needed some physical therapy for a few months and she needed somebody to come into her home and help her. Well, she can just take a cash benefit, which is equal to 25% of her monthly benefit. So day one, monthly benefit was $6,000. She could say, well, you can have the $6,000 on reimbursement or you can just take a $1,500 cash benefit if that's enough for you and you can hire whoever you want or just use that as extra money. So really nice very strong feature that this plan has. Zero day waiting for that. It's got a 90 day elimination period to get the full reimbursement benefit, which is very common. That just means that she would pay for the first 90 days of care and then the policy would kick in and start paying. It's a monthly benefit, not a daily benefit. So that means that, you know, that 6,000 a month that she has today, she could spend that all the last week of the month. She doesn't have to, you know, break that down per day to spend it out. Um, option to increase the inflation rider. She started out at 3%, but if she decides she wants to make it 4%, she can do that. It's got the waiver of premium built in, which just means, again, once she goes on claim, the premium's going to stop. And it's a state partnership qualified plan. So this just means that if she goes through that entire bucket of money, so let's say that she's 90 years old and she burns through $885,000 of insurance, and then she is still in a care situation, she can apply under the state's Medicaid system, she can apply for benefits, and instead of having to sell all of her assets down, she can protect $885,000 and still get Medicaid. So that's a really nice perk of the traditional plans. So very nice plan, $7,800 a year is what she's gonna pay, pay as you go, she's got very meaningful coverage. Now, let's switch over to her twin sister, Kay. Kay is also 60 years old. Kay is already retired. She has a daughter who lives very close to her and sees her on a regular basis. And she has a son 
who lives about four hours away. And so she sees him not as much as her daughter, obviously, but she still sees him on a pretty regular basis. And she has one grandchild right now, and she's hoping for a couple more. Kay is single, by the way, as well, too. Um, Her husband passed away. And her concerns, number one, protecting the assets, what assets they have left now, avoiding becoming, you know, a burden on the family. She wants to avoid paying taxes, you know, selling off assets and paying taxes. She doesn't want to be a burden on either one of her kids. And just, you know, running out of money due to a market turndown is a big concern for her because Kay is in a little bit different situation financially. We'll talk about that in a second. What we found out about Kay when we started meeting with her and going over her situation, she's in good health, so she had plenty of options. She planned on traveling and spending as much time with her family as she could. Her house was paid for. She was possibly thinking of downsizing or even possibly living with her daughter. She was that close to her, and that was a conversation point. They weren't, you know, hadn't decided that at some point, but she said, realistically, I can maybe see if things are the way they are that, you know, we might decide to live together. I'm not sure about that. Um, she had social security from her husband who passed away. So she was receiving that as income right now. And they had a pretty sizable investment. Most of their money, most of her liquid assets were in investment accounts, which she needed that to support her in income. So different situation again, where Darla, her sister had that pension and social security. Kay is going to have some social security, but really it's going to be her investment and the performance of those investments how they do, which is going to support her in her retirement years. Now, she was currently sitting on a pretty sizable amount of cash paid out from a life insurance policy. This is what helped her pay off the house when her husband passed away, and she had some existing, you know, a little bit of remaining cash left over that she had sitting in an account. What she wanted from a plan, flexibility to use it anywhere. That was key to her. She even wanted the ability to pay her daughter if she chose. And if you remember that, I had that on on the show a couple weeks ago when we were talking about informal versus formal care. So she wanted to be able to pay informal care with her long-term care insurance plan. She loved the idea of money coming back to the estate if she didn't use it. And she didn't want payments. She was in a different situation. She didn't have a guaranteed income stream outside of the Social Security. So she really didn't want payments because she's like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm worried sick that if... You know, we go into a, a depression or the, or the market turns and stays low. She goes, it's, I'm really going to have to cut back, and I just want to minimize the bills that I have. So I totally understood that. Um, so when we sat down to design a plan, we looked at this, and we said, okay, pros and cons. The biggest con for a traditional for her is that she would have payments ongoing, and she didn't want that. Biggest advantages of, of asset base is we have a lot of flexibility to pay them, and she can get her money back, and it has a lot of those features that she wants. So we suggested that we look at the asset-based plan and then try to figure out how to fund it. Um, this gave her, again, you know, pays her back, gives her the flexibility for informal care if she wants it, and she can fund it in however, she, you know, single lump sum or whatever she wants to do. So what we ended up doing is we decided on a plan, a bucket of money of $432,000. It's got that same $6,000 a month benefit initially that her sister had. So her policy is going to last her six years instead of five. And the difference is she just has more money in her bucket. So it's just, a, you know, she got the same monthly benefit, but just a little bit more what we call initial benefit. We have the same 3% inflation rider. So just like her sister, you go out 20 years and she's going to have, you know, $10,800 a month and she'll have over $800,000 of long-term care insurance. And it's just going to keep growing at that same 3% as her sister's. And here's how we funded this plan. What we ended up doing is taking a single deposit of $201,000. And the reason we did this is because she had the cash in the bank from her life insurance from her husband. So she decided that is money that I'm going to use. I already have my other investments. I have my retirement accounts. I will just use this money. Wasn't really counting on it. It'd be safe. So she's going to put that 201000 in in a lump sum. And when we looked at spreading out the payments over time, I showed her you have the option that you could fund the same plan for 10 annual payments of about $24,000. Now, some of my clients will take that route. They'll say, well, I'm going to keep my two hundred. dollars keep it working for me and just make those 10 payments, 24,000. Kay was in a different area. She just said, you know what? I have the money. It's just sitting in savings right now. I just want to reposition it so I don't have to worry about payments. And I, I think we're flipping a coin. About half of my clients go that way as well too. Other features of Kay's plan, return a premium. She's going to get 80% of that money back the first 10 years if she cancels. So she puts 200 in, she'd get $160,000 back the first 10 years. 
starting at year 11 and every year after that, if she canceled her plan, she'd get 100%. So think of that as the surrender charge. The insurance company is saying, look, we've got, we're cash reserve companies. We've got to buy government treasuries. We've got to do things with your money. That's fine. We'll give you money back. We just don't want you giving it to us and then taking it right back because they could lose money very quickly on that. So there's a little surrender charge there, but she wasn't planning on surrendering as a moot point. She'll get 100% back if she does need to cancel it, though, after year 10. She has a death benefit of 201000 immediately, which is what she put in. She also has a guaranteed minimum death benefit of $28,000, which means if she goes out 20 years and uses $800,000 of long-term care insurance, which is the whole bucket, passes away, her estate's still going to get a check for $28,000 tax-free. So she's guaranteed to get twenty eight back even if she uses all of her long-term care it's a cash benefit, meaning when she goes on claim, she'll get the full check every month so she can hire family members or what we call informal care. It has a 90-day retroactive elimination period, which means that she'll pay for the first 90 days of care. And at month four, she will get a check for four months of her long-term care benefit. So if it's grown up to $10,000 when she files a claim, she would get her first check would be $40,000. Then every month after that, she'd get a check for her $10,000. And folks, what I'm really trying to show you here is we have two people, two 60-year-old sisters, different financial situations, both wanted long-term care insurance, and we ended up designing two different plans because, again, get the coverage. They both basically have about the same coverage. Technically, Kay has one extra year of coverage, but they both have 6000 a month with a 3% inflation rider, but they're both meaningful policies to them. They're just funded completely different using different types of plans. So I'm going to wrap this up. i got to take a quick uh, break here for our final break. And then when we come back, let's talk a little bit more in the last segment about no right or wrong answer and how we kind of go through the process of designing plans. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. It's Story Monson. A great way to learn about long-term care is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for the next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn so much. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. Then, when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you, like they did for my wife and me. Our plan even has lifetime benefits that pay us back if we never use it. I love how much time they spent with us, and it's not just me. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So, get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage gives you. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up now for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. The fact is most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back. And I'm, uh, if you just tuned in, you were listening to that last segment. That's a busy, busy client of the week. But, um, and again, I tell people, don't get hooked up on the numbers. Don't try to memorize this stuff. What I really want you to understand is the process. And 
understand that when it comes down to putting a plan in place that's right for you, that's right for your financial situation, that's right for your family, they can. it's going to be different than somebody else's, and that's okay. And There's no right or wrong answer. The idea is how do we get meaningful plan put in place, number one. Number two, what is the best way to fund your plan? Do we use a traditional plan? Do we use an asset-based plan? There's not a right or wrong answer. It depends on your own situation. And I tell people, it's just like buying a car. You know, if we go out and we're buying a car, we're looking at it and we're saying, what's important to us? What are the pros and cons? What's most important to us? And if you've got six kids, you know what? You're not going to get by on a little Prius. If you got six kids in a boat, you need the, you need the Suburban, right? That's You just have to decide. So yeah, you're giving up some gas mileage, but guess what? It's going to fit your needs a little bit better because you can haul your kids and you can pull your boat. So the same thing, you know, just keep your... Your, your 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 mind open a little bit when we're thinking about planning that it's not as easy as just picking a plan and saying I'll take that one and going away it's like let's talk it through let's figure out what's important to you there's no perfect answer it's just a matter of getting something meaningful that works for your situation now what was neat about that last client of the week is we had two sisters and one's just going to do a pay-as-you-go and one's going to do a single lump sum if we do the math Darla who was paying that $7,800 a year it's going to take her about 25 years to get in that, you know, $200,000, which is what Kay paid for up front. Now, again, Kay does have a little bit more benefit. She's got an extra year of coverage, but I'm just saying, just, just, just think about that. She's going to take about 25 years. So a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I'll keep my money working for me. But there's trade-offs, right? It's like, if you want to keep your $200,000 working for you, you can do that. And you can say, well, I've only got to get about three and a half percent interest or 4% interest basically to, to, to earn that $7,800. And I can just pay that and keep that $200,000. But again, you got to keep that money stuck somewhere to earn that 4% if you're thinking of it that way. However, the one thing that Darla doesn't know is how much she will pay into her plan. She might pay significantly less than 200,000 if she goes on claim, but if she lives to be, you know, if, if she's like 90, 95 and she's still paying, she could pay significantly more than the 200000 into the claim. And if she doesn't use it, doesn't trigger an event, all that money is gone. So those are the trade-offs that we're designing. And so I, I run into this with a lot like financial advisors and people will just sit there like, well, I just put the money to work. And I'm always going to get this return. And it's stupid to take your, your capital assets and put it into an insurance plan. You would just earn a return on that. But it's like, okay, well, I, I'm, it's not stupid, but I understand that. But again, a lot of people, the thing that Kay has going for, she knows, number one, how much money is going into that plan. She knows because she just did it right up front. She knows she gets money back either way, whether she uses her plan or not. She's guaranteed, basically, unless she cancels her plan, she's guaranteed to get more money back out of that plan than she put into the plan. Because if she uses you know, 500000 of long-term care insurance, she still gets that guaranteed death benefit of 28000 or I call it the funeral fund, to the family. So again, those are some of the, the, the trade-offs. What's important to you? Kay liked the idea of not having payments. She also liked the idea that I can reposition that money and 10 years down the road, if I really need it, I can get 100% of that money back. If something changes 10 years down the road and Bernie Sanders you know, 2.0 is in office and, and everything is free and we don't need long-term care insurance or we got to get all our assets and move to Costa Rica because he's trying to take them all, whatever it is. Well, Kay can get that money back. The problem that, you know, Darla has is that she doesn't have that. There's no cash value in that pay-as-you-go plan. So again, pros and cons. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying that there's pros and cons of both. And from somebody, I will just tell you personally, who had a traditional policy, my wife and I had a traditional pay-as-you-go plan for years when we were in our 40s. And it just really bothered me. I, I, I'm one of those guys. I'm like, I, I'm, that's why I joke. I'm like, I'm going to be on the news. I'm going to be blowing out candles on my 100th birthday. I'm never going to use this. And so I'm just flushing this money down the drain. Well, statistically, that's probably not the case. But that's, you know, emotionally what I felt. And then moving over to an asset-based plan, what I like about it is I'm paying over 10 years. I'm paying a lot more money into that plan, but I'm done in 10 years. And I have an asset. And if I don't use it, that money goes to the kids. And I just it just made me feel more comfortable. So again, it's like buying a car. Can you get by with the cheapest, most basic car? Absolutely. Do you really need the, the luxury car? Probably not. But if you're comfortable and you can afford it and it makes you feel better, there's nothing wrong with getting the luxury car. So that's kind of the way I look at long-term care insurance plan. Get one that makes you feel comfortable. And there are trade-offs on that. So uh, keep that in mind. So, um, you know, one thing I just want to tell you is that 
as complex as long-term care planning can be or it sounds is that ultimately at the end of the day, you have to make some decisions and you have to start out somewhere. And I think one of the best ways to start is come to one of our webinars, come to one of our classes. You're going to notice if you're just new to long-term care radio or you listen to the podcast, I'm never going to say call us for a quote because that's not what we do. You're not even going to get me on the phone if you call and ask for a quote. What we want you to do is really just kind of educate yourself. Understand that there's differences out there, traditional asset-based plans. Understand what Medicare pays for, what Medicaid pays for, how those government programs really work. Understand what long-term care insurance pays for, what it doesn't pay for. Understand how you can pay a family member if you want to. What's the difference between asset-based and traditional? What's the difference between two years of coverage and lifetime benefits? So those are the things that we cover in our class. And we have two classes on the calendar for May. Next Saturday, the 14th, that's going to be 8 a.m., If you're on the West Coast, it's going to be 9 a.m. if you're Mountain Time. And then the following Tuesday, it's the same class. It's a live webinar. You're going to see me. You're going to interact with me. You can shoot me your questions. Tuesday afternoon is going to be 3 o'clock kickoff West Coast time. It's going to be 4 o'clock in the afternoon Rocky Mountain Time. So, again, 525longtermcare.com. Start there. Join us for one of the classes. Meet myself, meet Madeline, my case manager, talk to us, send us your questions in, and then when you're ready, we are going to guide you through the process and help you design a plan that's right for you, that's right for your family, that's right for your situation, and talk about the best ways to fund it, and are there tax advantages, whatever it is. So grab that information. Uh, I'm going to get to work on a new show for next week. I hope everybody has a great Mother's Day weekend. We'll be back next week. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, Story Monson. Welcome back, my friends, Brian and Madeline from 525 Advisors. They took a break last year due to that debacle created by the Washington State CARES Act, you know, the payroll tax on employees for forced long-term care that was basically worthless. The law was so poorly written and created such a mess, most insurance carriers temporarily quit offering plans in the state. But 525 Advisors is back, ready to help protect your family and savings with the best long-term care plans available. They did for my wife and me, and we couldn't be happier. I know everything we worked hard for won't be whittled down paying for long-term care. And most importantly, our girls are protected from the burden of having to care for us. And a great bonus, our plan pays us back if we never use it. So learn about all kinds of important long-term care information and join Brian this Saturday at 10 for Long-Term Care Radio here on 97.3 Cairo FM. Check out his upcoming live webinar schedule, too, at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com.